Welcome to Wonder, a podcast for curious kids. Hello, Wonder. Have you ever wondered who was the first Queen of England? Mary Tudor has been described as a 16th century Greta Thunberg. She was passionate, clever and very determined, and the first real Queen of England. But she's far less well remembered than her half-sister, Elizabeth I, and her pretty cousin, Mary Queen of Scots. When she came to the throne in 1553, people danced in the streets of London. But by the time she died just five years later, we're told they were glad to see the back of Bloody Mary. What went wrong? Mary was the eldest child of Henry VIII and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. She was adored by her father. He called her the greatest pearl in the kingdom. Like him, she had red hair, pale skin and rosy cheeks. She could speak French, Spanish and Latin by the time she was nine years old and could sing beautifully. Henry would show her off to visiting guests. For him, she was an important bargaining tool. Her father offered to marry her to every available king and prince in Europe at different times in her young life, from Portugal to Poland. But soon, he was too busy with his own marriages and Mary was forgotten. When she was twelve, everything changed for Mary changes that would also alter the course of English history because, after twenty years married to Catherine, Henry became obsessed that he didn't have a son who would be king after him. He decided he needed a younger wife, and the woman he chose was the Queen's beautiful lady-in-waiting, Anne Boleyn. Catherine and Mary were, of course, outraged. It was the ultimate disaster divorce story. Mary was separated from her mother, stripped of her rank, her jewels and her dignity. Like the jealous stepmother in a fairy tale, Anne hated Mary, and on several occasions said she wished she were dead. Mary was sent to live with and serve Anne's baby daughter, the Princess Elizabeth. She never got to see her own mother again. Catherine had been banished from court and became a prisoner in her own home, even if it was a palace. When she died, Mary wasn't allowed to go to her own mother's funeral. But fortunes in Tudor court could change overnight. In a matter of months, Anne Boleyn herself was arrested. She was charged with all kinds of awful crimes, including treason and witchcraft. Anne had six fingers on her right hand, which her enemies claimed was proof she was a witch. She was sent to the Tower of London to be executed. And what was the king doing while his second wife was having her head chopped off? He was playing tennis. Mary was on friendly terms with her latest stepmothers, all four of them. She was particularly close to Henry's last wife, Catherine Parr, who tried to bring the dysfunctional family together. Catherine had been the goddaughter of Mary's mother and was probably named after her. She and Mary shared a love of clothes, jewels and music. Mary's difficult teenage years led her to have an unwavering Catholic faith. Meanwhile, her younger brother and sister were brought up as Protestants. It wasn't only the royal family that were split in half by religion, it was also families up and down the land. 
What's the difference between Catholics and Protestants, since they both believe in Christian stories? Catholic churches and monasteries were seen to have too much power and money, and many people felt the Catholic Church was corrupt and out of touch. These people who wanted a change started calling themselves Protestants, from the word to protest. But ordinary folk, who tended to be very religious, didn't want their traditions destroyed. This is how England came to be so divided by one religion. Mary very nearly didn't become queen at all. When Henry died, his nine-year-old son, Edward, succeeded him. But he was a weak and sickly child who died when he was 15. Edward worried that Mary would turn the country Catholic again. So in his will, he chose one of their cousins, Lady Jane Grey, to rule after him. But Jane's rule lasted barely nine days, and Mary was proclaimed queen to roaring crowds in London. One of Mary's first decisions was to secure herself a suitable husband. Most girls in Tudor England got married when they were 13 or 14. Mary was nearly 40 and therefore seen as an old woman. Her mother had been a Spanish princess, so the King of Spain arranged for his oldest son, Philip, to be her husband. Mary and Philip married in Winchester Cathedral just two days after they met. Philip couldn't speak English, so the couple talked in a mixture of Spanish, French and Latin. Mary was in love with her handsome Spanish husband, but that love wasn't reciprocated. Mary was ten years older than Philip. Beautiful in her younger years, her difficult life had taken its toll and Mary's later portraits show a plain and serious woman. The marriage was deeply unpopular with her English subjects. People worried that a foreigner would become the King of England, and they hated Philip. England had never had a queen ruling the country before. Many questioned whether a woman was capable of it. But Mary was undaunted and determined to prove her ability. Her father, Henry, had spent most of his reign hunting and jousting, leaving most of the government to his advisers. But Mary got up early and worked each day until midnight. Mary's reign is most remembered for the burning of nearly 300 Protestant men, women and children. Despite her promises not to force any of her subjects to follow her Catholic religion, Mary quickly had many of her opponents arrested and sentenced to death. Being burnt at the stake was a horrible and painful death. The victim would stand on an upturned barrel, tied to a pole, and a fire was lit under them. If they were lucky, they would quickly die of smoke inhalation. As horrendous as this sounds, Mary was not alone in using such methods. The Tudor kings and queens were a bloody bunch. Not only did Henry VIII murder two of his wives, but 50,000 people were executed during his 36-year reign. An extraordinary number. Meanwhile, Elizabeth I had over 200 Catholics killed, and anyone else who was seen as a threat was disposed of. Some were beheaded, others burned, and the most unpleasant execution, to be hung, drawn and quartered. Mary longed for a child, but her husband Philip spent most of his time abroad. She thought she was pregnant on a couple of occasions, but sadly never had a baby. At one point, she described herself as the most unhappy lady in Christendom. Mary died during an influenza epidemic in 1558. Whether it was flu that killed her, or perhaps stomach cancer, no one can be sure. 
It is said that Mary's courage, her pride and her stubbornness were typical Tudor family traits. Was she a villain who deserved her bloody nickname? Or has she been wronged by history? What do you think? Today, the Wonder Podcast was read to you by Pandora Colin. It was written and produced by Henrietta McMicking and Camilla Akers-Douglas. 